Hey guys, welcome to the Wheelhouse Church. Welcome. This is Kyle and this is Abby. I'm Abby. Uh, <laughs> the same house church. We got this awesome green screen now, so we're no longer coming live on Facebook, but we are going to film uh, videos of our church service on Monday nights. We'll edit it on Tuesday nights. Me and Abby were talking earlier today and we were talking about how wild it is that we were actually doing a house church on Facebook. And that was not our intentions when we first started this. We were just going to have a small group of people gather at our home and, uh, you know, almost do like a Bible study on Tuesday nights. Uh, we felt God pull us in this direction, and um, we're just happy to be doing this. And I hope that you're blessed by it, that God speaks to you through his word, and that, you know, if God, God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through me. So I trust in him. Um Again, as we always say, uh, we don't want your money. We're not trying to rob parishioners from different churches. So if you're part of a church, we ask that you would still commune with that body. I'm a youth pastor at Tony United Methodist Church. That's where I go to church at. Um, this is just extra. This is something that we can do. We don't want your money either. Um, so if you would, if you would like to give to us, just give to your church or to some place like the Downtown Rescue Mission or some type of missional outreach. There may be a point where we do ask for funds to do a mission trip or something like that, but at this time, we're good. Um, I'm a bivocational pastor, so I have a job. I don't need, uh, need any assistance right now. So, guys, we love y'all. Uh, if you would, send us a message with prayer request. If you have any questions, uh, just know that God loves you. We love you. And uh, thank you for watching. God, I just want to say how much that we love you and how much we need you. We're so dependent on you, God. Um, I pray right now that you would be with Kyle and that you would allow his word and his message, your word and your message to come through through him, God. Um, I pray for the people watching that you would allow them to um, hear the message and take it to heart. Um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So today, I guess the uh, message would be uh, the bad news before the good news. And so we're going to look at the bad news first that makes this wonderful story of Jesus Christ so wonderful. And uh, the reason why, you know, th this is a, a mission that we've taken on through Facebook. Uh, we think of ourselves that God's calling is the to be evangelist. And so I always think it's important, even though it is important to teach God's word and go through the Bible and have a great Bible study. I think it's always great to come back to the gospel um, so that those who are viewing know what the gospel is. Um, I talked to a guy earlier this week, and 
I asked him just a simple question. He was asking me about my faith in the Lord. He saw I had a uh, WWJD bracelet, and he said, what has Jesus done for you? Has he transformed you? Has he changed you? And uh, we got to talking a little bit, and I asked him a question. I said, well, what is the gospel to you? You, It's interesting that you want to know what Jesus has done for me, but I want to know, do you have a grasp or do you understand the definition of what the gospel is? And he said, the good news. And I said, yeah, the good news about what? And he said that Jesus died, and if I accept him, I'll have eternal life. Now, this guy here, he was an atheist, but he had heard the story enough to where he could recite it. And uh, I wanted to tell him that that's not it. That's not It is it. But essentially, there's more to it than that. Uh, there have been many of men who have died for causes. Um, this past Monday or this Monday as we're filming, this will be Tuesday when you watch it, but Monday was Memorial Day and we celebrate the men who have died for our country. Uh, it is rare for that to happen. I'm not saying that it's something that we shouldn't honor and we shouldn't pay respect, but Christ's death wasn't just dying for us. It was something more. And so to understand that gospel message, we need to understand where we were before he came. And so the reality, the start of the bad news was we are sinners deserving of nothing but God's wrath. We are enemies of God. And yet he loves us. And we only love him, as the Bible says, because he loved us first. So our idea that man is good, that's a, that's a, wrong, that's a wrong idea. And so we'll start off with one basic question tonight. And that's, is man basically good or is man basically evil? And so if we look at uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes is a real depressing book. It's Solomon's uh, book, and it's it's kind of, it's just real depressing. Once you get to be the wisest man that ever walked the earth, you get to find out things. You get to find out that the earth, the things of this world are just meaningless. And that he says that over and over again in Ecclesiastes. But in chapter 7, verse 29, he says, See this alone I found, that God man, made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. So God made man in a way that he said was good. But man, as we know in the garden, um, turned from God. And so that was the infection that started it all. And me and Abby were talking earlier tonight. There is a, um, I've heard it from a couple preachers, and uh, it's kind of, it's really prevalent in the um, word of faith movement or that idea where we are like God. Uh, I heard one 
uh, heretical phrase by a pastor. Creflo Dollar, I think, said I've heard Kenneth Copeland say it too, where they said that dogs make dogs and cats make cats. So what do gods make? God makes gods. That's a wild, crazy statement. But I want to show you through Scripture that though we were created in the likeness of God, we are far from God. Um, If you'll notice in Genesis, they say, let us create man in our own image, right? But there's there's two things that I want to point out that where man was different than God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Man didn't know at this point good and evil. Uh, there was this opportunity with this tree, as the Bible says. There was a tree and a fruit, and it would give us knowledge. You know, that that act would spawn our knowledge of good and evil. See, we sinned, or our father Adam sinned, and so now we were enlightened, if you will, with the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. And so we don't, we, at this point, we didn't have eternal life. So we, Adam and Eve were removed from that garden for fear that if they ate of that tree, that then they would live forever like God. And so here's the two biggest differences between man and God, okay? The big difference. We do know good and evil, but we don't know good from evil. And so that is the disparity of man. That is the depravity of man. God in his grace gave us the law. And if you look in Matthew at the Sermon of the Mount, um, that seems like a weighty burden to bear, right? It's like Jesus ups the ante on the law on everything. But guys, what I want you to see is what Jesus is showing to these religious people or these people, these Jews that trust in the law. He was showing them that at their best, they still could not obey it. And so he was leaving these people with a need and a drive for a savior because they had a black and white image of good and evil. We hear the words of Solomon as we we mentioned Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Solomon gave us, uh, he said there's a season for everything, right? And so there's this Shades of gray where we can't understand. And even in our greatest effort to try to obey the law, we still fall so short. And in some ways, commit sin trying to do right. So we're in this state, guys. And it's depressing if you think about it in a way. But that lowness where you're at is what makes that light of Jesus Christ and that sacrifice that he made for you so amazing.
So anyhow, I want to read some out of Romans. Of course, I'm always going to go back to Romans, don't hmm. I? As I always say, that's my that's probably my favorite verse, right? Well, Romans probably really is my favorite book. So Romans chapter 5, verse 7 through 8, uh, Paul says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is a that is an amazing verse. That is an amazing concept, reality for us that are uh, saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. While we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, not good disobedient Jesus Christ died for us he didn't just die for the religious or the ones that were trying to fill the law on their own he died for those that he knew all of us couldn't fulfill that law and it, they're the words uh, of Christ, you know, when they're talking about the law, he said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law in its entirety. He came to do what we could not do. So anyhow, we go to Romans 5 again, uh, verses 12 all the way through 9, uh, 19. Sin came into the world through one man, as we're talking with uh, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. By the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. But through one man, through Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we were made clean. Amen. Through Adam, we were all made Deprave sinners. Do you care if I finish reading it to the end? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, starting verse 19. For just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so that's it. Um, that's just it. And one of the reasons why it's so important for us to realize our depravity is so that we can help one another. Um, that is the purpose of the body of Christ. It's so that we can be open and honest with each other about our failures and our shortcoming. Uh, you know, it is a false reality that in this life that you are baptized and you come out 
and you are an entirely different person that doesn't struggle with the things that you struggled with before you became aware of who Jesus was. And I think that that causes a lot of problems inside the church. It's this idea, this false face, uh, instead of being real with one another about our struggles and the things that we deal with, we put our best clothes on and our best face and we come into that building as if we're all put together, but we're just broken inside. And that leads to secret sin. That's that's why we have events that seem shocking, like uh, a deacon sleeping with a pastor's wife or uh, just horrible things that happen inside the church. The reality is that as men and women, we need to comfort one another. We need to trust in one another, to bear the burden of one another, to admit our failures and shortcomings and sin, and to lift each other up in the way of Jesus Christ and to help one another to get through this life. Pray with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Pray with one another. Delete, worship with one another. And that's... That's the biggest uh, hurdle of life. That is the purpose of the, of the body of Christ, is to operate in a way where you can't operate. The thumb doesn't operate the same as the eye, and the eye doesn't the same as the tongue. They all need one another to complete this life. And so, uh yeah, I think that just open open and honesty with one another will help you. If you notice, like we were talking uh, earlier, me and Abby, about Paul describes this life as a race and the struggle. And he, he describes it as an athletic event where you need endurance to, to run the race, right? Yeah. Uh, so many times we look at coming to faith as the finish line and then everybody at the end of the finish line is just perfect right well that's not the case um i'm going to share the story abby didn't want me to (laughs) but um you know i'm not going to say any names but i remember the shocking uh reality that hit and you know inside i've been raised in church my whole life and uh you know, in hindsight, church was, you know, you put your best clothes on and you go to church and you'd never seen any real brokenness, you know. you never seen any sick people in the hospital, if if you will. You know, the, the churches should look more like a hospital for the sinner than uh, this gym for the perfect, you know. But... uh as you know, uh, I work in, if you do know, if you don't know, I'm a correctional officer, so I work I work in a prison. And probably one of the biggest events or kind of like one of the wildest things that happened was a guy who had been, um, he'd been a Sunday school teacher. He'd been through uh, a lot of my childhood, a lot, over certain things, certain youth groups and certain 
child children's ministries and things like that. He came through to the prison, and I did not believe what he was accused of. Like, I struggled with that. Uh, mainly, I guess, because of, you know, maybe I was a child around him. Um, maybe just how I perceived him at church. You know, I like I just could not, I could not believe it. And I remember it just happened this way uh, when he was leaving, um, getting out of prison. I happened to be at the gate where he leaves at. And so it was morning, no one was around. And so I just was talking to him and I just asked him plainly because I just wanted to know, uh, did you do what you're accused of doing? You know, and he told me yes. And I remember just being shocked and just unbelievable. But the reality is, uh, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's not condoning. That's still disgusting. But the way that we look at each other, that come that, that as we go to church, we're not perfect. There's none of us that are perfect. There's none of us that are good but God. And so I think that if we have this lens inside our churches and be more protective of those that are there, that less incidents uh, will happen like that. There will be less occurrence. There's a harsh reality. One in four women in America have been sexually assaulted. One in four. That is a huge number. Um, that's just real, you know, those happen in churches, those happen in Boy Scouts, those happen everywhere, you know, um, we just have to be more aware of man's capability. And here's the reality. Man is capable of anything. And I know this sounds like a depressing message. Okay. And it's not intended to be. But I want us to bear our burdens with one another, realize our sin, realize our, our potential as enemies of God, trust in one another to die to the flesh daily so that we can present an image of Christ for the world to see. And so um, I also... You know, um, it's just, it's, it's 